What's up, everybody? Welcome to another special episode of the Brothers Podcast. Please give a round of applause for yourselves. Because in a world full of haters, you can only regret it. It is your boy, Steven City P. Watson. As always, back online with my partner in crime. Dante Chase Bridges, a.k.a. Dante Chase Bridges, never needed the a.k.a. And together that will make us the brother. And it's a beautiful Friday evening. Well, not so beautiful. It is a beautiful Friday evening. We're a little bit late this week because... Yes, we are. Apparently, God decided to take Chicago and put it in a freezer for the last two days. Because it's 20 below. It has been brutal. But... We braved it. Back on it again. We're back here again. People, we got an interesting subject, man, and we're going to give it to you real heavy. We're going to take accountability for our own actions. But before we do that, we got a little bit of something we like to call Town Hall Business. Business. All right, well, shout out to the, what's going on over here? Our residential DJ JMC, who is over here here at 10, whatever the hell he's doing right now. Shout out to JMC. What you got? You want to plug yourself real quick, young man, while um, you're over here doing Stream Fourth Down on all streaming services. I don't Search think they. Fourth Down by JMC. Available on all streaming services except SoundCloud. And yeah. You hear him, but you don't see him right now. Also, shout out to everybody that is tuning in. Miss Keisha Hudson, what's going on? On another streaming site, you got your boy Billy Black. What's going on with you? Everybody who's tuning in right now. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, and welcome to the show. I have a shout out, and this shout yeah. out is for all of our affiliates. Shout out to WIAN Radio in Memphis, Tennessee, where we are syndicated. Tennessee! Sh- shout out to iHeartRadio. Mm-hmm. Shout out to iTunes, Spotify. Shout out to even Facebook. Shout out to UBM Urban Broadcast Media that gave us our opportunity. Shout out to Scene Chicago TV, where you can find some of the dopest articles written by none other than yourself. Dante Chase Bridges. And you know what? That's all we're going to do. We're going to get right into it. Let's get right into this. You ain't got nobody, do you? You got a shout out, dude. Happy Black History Month. Happy Black Black History History Month. Month. That's not a shout out. I guess that's... Yeah, happy Black History Month. It's Black History Year, but you know, it's officially Let's go so ahead you, and dive whatever. into this. This is getting really awkward now. Because I really want us to focus in. Because tonight what we're going to do is the men, the black men, are going to take accountability for our actions. We are. We are. We're going to sit here and we're going to break this down. Now, earlier today, I did a poll that had over 140 comments. You know, your your page get kind of controversial. You know, yeah, man. But I'm like, man, it's I'm just really, like I'm really digging it. I'm really digging, digging it. it. There's okay. a lot of energy that's popping up with that, man. So I'm digging all of the, the opinions, whether they are good opinions, whether they bad opinions. That's what we need. We need platforms so we can all come and express ourselves. Yes. Well, with this 140 comments that got expressed, there were a lot of people's opinions about the accountability of black men. Take, for instance, what, Mr. Bridges? What have you started? Well, first of all, what we are going to do tonight is we're going to break down some of the key comments that was left. Mm-hmm. So we can all understand exactly what black men need to be accountable. Us truly, we are going to answer these. Now we got a disclaimer that we're giving to ourselves so everybody will understand this. The one thing that we're not going to do, we're never going to reverse it back on the black women when we answer these questions. So if there's a question intended for men, we're going to answer it. We're not going to hit the uh, ball back to you. We're going to take full accountability on it. Another thing, we're not going to do the blame game. If there's something going on with African-American men, we're going to actually talk about it. We're not going to point fingers. We're going to take full responsibility for black men. In essence, this is really about us because it's only us so we can all take ownership of our faults. Exactly. So what we're going to do is we're going to take it right on the chin. And if you have any comments you would like to leave or anything you feel that black men need to be accountable for yourself, just go ahead and scroll down. And if you like the information we're bringing to you, go and hit that like button. You love it, hit that share button. And if you really love it, go and tell your mom and else. Because it's all about expanding and open up a platform where we can all learn from each other. And with all that being said, 
let's get into some topics that they have given us to be accountable for. Mm-hmm. It ain't gonna hurt. Yeah. You wanna know why? Because yeah. we men. We wanna be accountable. We wanna heal our black communities. This is what we're here for. And so we're gonna be open and honest about the reasons, open and honest about everything. Mm-hmm. On that note, here we go. Yeah. Could you read off one for me, Sidney? All right, so. On your so on your controversial post, we have the first one: sexual discipline in guiding our women. What that interpretive means is is that black men need to start exercising a little more sexual discipline and not look at women as more, just you know objects of our sexual pleasure, which is absolutely true. If there's one thing that we have learned as black men and over the years of our society is that we tend to be a little bit too aloof and get really focused on one thing. We get real almost primal at times when our instincts are going to just dealing with women. Mm, that's, the issue, that's true, that's true. The problem is, is that we don't take into account that these women do have feelings and they are actual human beings and they should be treated and respected such. We as men have times, many times, don't do that. And I think that's something that at some point in every man's black man's life, because we're specifically focused on black men in this one, we have all done as black men. We have all uh, put too much on sex and not enough on the actual person that we're having sex with. So I think we're all accountable. So with the woman leaving this post about black men need to be accountable for their sexual, actually just their sexual boundaries and what they will and will not do. You're absolutely correct, and we agree. I really think that black men need to understand what sex is. I was just speaking to my homie about everything dealing with sex. I said it on an earlier post. If you understand what sex truly is, you will stop giving it to any and everybody. And I'm talking to my black men out there. There's a certain energy that when you have sex, you give to that other person. And if that person has negative energy, now you have their negative energy. And so you create more negative energy if you have sex with somebody else. So we got to be a little bit more sexually responsible with what we do as black men. Because understand that this sexual irresponsibility could lead to a lot more damaging to the black community than you think of. Name one thing, man. Like how about unwanted pregnancies? Name another. How about the transfer of STDs? Let me name one. What's up? Emotional STDs as well. Emotional STDs? Yes. Emotional I get what you're saying, but like, yeah, that's like a lot of people are gonna be like, Word? but I, I get what you're saying. But for those who don't know, understand, <laughs> would you please clarify to them? Emotional transfer of a STD is when someone is in a negative state of their emotions and they have sex with you. Like I said, law of thermodynamics energy is not destroyed nor created, it's just transferred to one person to the next. So if that person has negative energy from a traumatic experience in their life that they never dealt with, right. they don't just keep that energy, they transfer it to the person that they're in contact with. Right, right. So you can get a physical STD just like an emotional one. So that's why our black men out there, we need to be more sexually responsible with our members. Yes. So we don't create more members that are out of alignment with the true purpose is, and that's to create this black family and get us back on track again. But originally, the point I was making is about with sexual discipline and guiding our women. You don't have to look at women as sexual objects. They are human beings, and at some point in most of our society, especially in the black community, these black women are so essential to survival of our black community. You don't understand. Like, we need them. Right. We need them on our side. So you can't just objectify them any way you want to. At the end of the day, we all have to come together. We all have to understand that these women are worth our protection. True, true, true. So. And there's another thing, another dynamic that's dealing with these women. The guiding part. One thing I think is men that we've got away from, especially black men, is the actual role that we're supposed to be as black men. We're supposed to be the ones that guide the family in the right direction. You have the woman of the peacemaker, and the man enforces the peace. And what we've forgotten is our actual roles. So instead of always looking at every woman that you come in contact with that you find sexually attractive as an object for you to have a conquest with, 
you need to understand the overall goal of these, this black community, black family thing. And that is to put our women in a situation where they feel protected, give them the game for people that might not have the best intentions for them so they know what to look for, so they don't find themselves in compromising situations, and just be that masculine. And when I say masculine, I'm only talking about just because we're males, not like how uh, white society views masculinity, like that word toxic masculinity, Mm -hmm. but just coming from a male. Give them the male side of teaching, the male side of knowledge, so they understand what it is to be in contact with an honorable man, what it is to live. And when I mean live, just to be in coexistence. Because a lot of the things that we need to teach our women as men, because we're all 50%, 50% man, 50% woman, is just the nonverbal understandings. Because 80% of body language is nonverbal. So teach our women the masculine side of life. And don't always look to take advantage of the sexual side. And that's another thing, that another perspective about that. We as men need to also start holding men who are, who are culpable of this type of behavior accountable when it right, comes right, to looking right. at objectifying women like this. Because you have to understand that men usually who are like that, who are always looking for a woman as a sexual conquest, are usually, most of the times, men who don't really have a lot of direction in their lives. Right. And that's why the whole transfer the emotional STD part comes. They don't have a direction in their life. They don't know what to feel. They don't know what to do. So they just use that energy that they have, that pent-up energy into pursuing a woman and making her a sexual conquest. I'm glad you said that. I'm going to piggyback so. off, of, off of that. One of the best things you can do, you know how he said energy? Yeah. The best thing that you can put your energy to, black man, to actually get a hold of this sexual energy and just be responsible is to find your purpose. A lot of the reasons why you have so much energy is because you're not putting it into your purpose. Yeah. Now, I'm going to say this as a black man. You can have all types of skills, black men. You can do a lot of things. But always bring your skills and your talents and your goals back to the black community so it can benefit us all mm-hmm. and make you and your family money. Right. So put more of your sexual energy. It's called transmutation if you ever want to look it up. Put more of your sexual energy transmuted into finding your purpose and your goal. Because you need a purpose and a goal to get to the next level. Because a woman is not going to want to be with you if you don't really have a goal set in mind. That's actually one of the major, major turn-ons for a woman. Exactly. So, the next thing we gotta do is start taking responsibility for our neighborhoods. This is essential. Now, he said taking responsibility, but the woman actually, it's a woman that made a lot of these questions. Mm -hmm. Because in these questions that we're getting and that we're reading off, there was a lot of women that was telling, and this is why I want everybody to understand, women, men that's on this, women are telling us what they need for us to do in order for them to feel safe so that we can come back as a community. Right. So take heed to this. Don't just exactly. overlook this. This is what women want to say to you, but probably don't have the words. Because at the same time, we can say whatever it is that we want to say about us and our level of accountability, but you got to look at it from the outside. Is there's a woman on the outside that is telling you this from their perspective, from what they see. And they're essential to our community in, in the whole spectrum. So you right, have right, to right. kind of honor what they're saying. So, taking responsibility for our neighborhoods. That's essential to the black community for one reason, for a specific reason, because it promotes growth in the right. black community. It promotes growth emotionally, financially, spiritually. If you have an entire neighborhood full of people that are all like-minded and all willing to support each other, you won't have a problem with that. You won't have a problem. You won't have too many problems coming of age in the black community. The problem is, is that there's a lot as black men, we have not done our part. Right. of keeping the neighborhood together. And that's why you see crime rates have gone up. We have seen drugs flowing through and out of neighborhoods at a rapid rate. Mm. You see a lot of violence taking place. Right. Domestic violence as well. Right. So it, so it's not exactly, you know, an uncommon thing that's now pre- and of course, you know, the uncomfortable concept, we have a lot of rape issues. 
which is a very sensitive subject. But rape issues do exist in our neighborhoods and in our black communities because we don't take care of home. And I think one of the biggest reasons why we don't take care of home is because, you know, in the United States and in a lot of other continents, but we'll focus on where we live. Uh, when African-Americans, African-American men um, are exceptional, uh, good grades, have a lot of ambition, what they tend to do is be taken out of their own schools and out of their own neighborhoods and to be putting into predominantly white institutions where they learn predominantly white understanding and what their agenda is and they never come back to their own neighborhood again. I said all that to say this, it's important that we start to create a narrative where the best and brightest black men need to attend the best and brightest black schools and they need to open up jobs with other black people and bring back that black community back to the black neighborhood that they were originally from in the first place. Because that's one of the biggest reasons why. It's because all of the bright men, the good men, the men that got purpose, ambition, want to build, want to have family, we tend to leave where we came from. And we have to change that mentality. And I understand why, because if you got in a situation where you can do better, you want to take yourself and your family out of a dangerous situation. Yeah. Because I was born in West Pullman, right next to Rosalind. And, you know, there's a little violence that goes on around that part. But one of the bi- one of the biggest reasons why it's a lot of violence is, it's because all the best and brightest people, once they get a little bit of success, they leave. Yeah. And they don't build. And they don't invest. And when I say invest, I'm not saying that as a... a, 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 a what, what you call it? A talking point. I'm saying that in a sense of, if you just spend money in your own neighborhood, that's investing. If you go to your community center instead of going to another suburb, white suburb, that's investing. That's bringing you and your money, your energy and your resources and your family into that neighborhood. And that's something that we have to start doing. I have a question for that as far as that was special. Now, does that necessarily mean that you have to be involved in staying in that community in order to invest? We also said we usually get a lot of money and then we leave the black community. Right. Now, if you leave the community, that doesn't mean you can't contribute back, so to speak. Because well, yeah. a lot of people can twist, say that, well, you tell me I have to leave. I usually get my come up and then I leave. That means I have no, I have no part in the black community anymore. Mm-hmm. So that can be a little, uh, now it's like, well, well, you can't come back and contribute. Now you left us, you know. So it's kind of like, yeah, Maybe a little more clarification on that part. Uh, what, what, what do you... Okay. So, so what I'm saying... Okay, what I'm saying is, is that you make a comeuppance mm-hmm. as a well-to-do black person. Instead of staying in the hood and build up your neighborhood, you leave. So what I'm saying is, that is exactly what we should not do. Okay. We should not get our comeuppance and leave our neighborhoods. And what's happening, and that's why I brought the colleges in, just for example, LeBron James is the best athlete damn near in the world. But LeBron James took his high school talents to a predominantly white Catholic school. But this man was a part of the black community. So we have the biggest, We are, first of all, we are the biggest, we are the brightest. We, the, the person with the uh, biggest IQ score, the highest IQ score is a black boy. We are the inventors. We are the innovators. So instead of taking that out of the community because we feel we're the only ones that can do this and nobody want to be the only one in a bad community, the like-minded, intelligent, the like-minded, ambitious black people, men and women, but we talk about black men, need to stay in your community. Okay, so and build in your community. Okay, I get what you said, but I think this is the question I think is a little bit missed is that are we speaking physically or are we speaking theoretically? We're speaking physically. And I'm now gonna tell you and I'm gonna tell you okay. how. I'm gonna tell you how we're speaking. Now, I'm gonna tell you something that we're doing. Okay. We've been talking about this. Now, yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you, you know what I'm uh yeah. you know what I'm getting at right here? Yeah. Okay. So we are in the planning stages of going inside of a community 
as us, we have a real estate. Uh, we we it's 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 a real estate trust that we own, right. and it's called DSR Investments. And we're in the planning stages of going into a community and literally buying the community. Yeah. Did you hear what I said? I'm gonna repeat that one more time. Go ahead, repeat it one more time. We, as in DSR Investments, a trust, a business trust that we own, are in the stages of going into a community and buying the houses, the abandoned houses inside of the community. That is a person like me. I went to college, I got more degrees than a thermometer, very ambitious. I don't want to take all my ambition, my talent, my want for business and success to a neighborhood that's not of mine. I want to, with my fellow brothers and another business partner we have, go into a community and renovate all the abandoned properties, put agricultural initiatives, gardens, plant, plant life, all of those things that you need in order to survive, thrive in our community and then run our own communities with our own black gas stations, our own black grocery stores and all the abandoned houses inside of that community, we renovated ourselves. So basically what he says to take care of house, you got to remain in house. Right. So that's literally point blank period of that. That's the only way the house is able to live and stand itself. And since we are the leaders, black men, it's on you. Now, you don't have to get a, a hundred, a thousand people to do this. Right. It can all start with three or four like-minded people that got the same goals in hand. Yeah. You start off with those small groups. And in those small groups, you create your own family. Black man, you have a family. Yeah. Bring your family into it. One of the one things that we fail to think about every time we talk about black businesses is, what's your last name? What? My last name is Bridges. Mm-hmm. You know how many businesses there are right here? There's two mm-hmm. businesses. Yeah. Bridges, if I have a wife and my children, my grandmother, my grandfather, and my intermediate family is a business. Yeah. Your family is a business, okay? So you should, uh, yes, love. Yes, honor, because it's family. But family is a business. And you should treat it as such too. Mm-hmm. And you can build with your own family. In a community of your own kind. So, the next talking point that we have is being less racist towards black folks. And I understand that. (laughs) I think we all understood that well. So, we have a tendency to put our own black people down viciously. Black men especially. That's what we call a lot of people call haterade. We also call being biased towards a racist. We also tend to be a little bit more fearful to our own life. like we stereotype ourselves to a great extent a great extent to the point where we almost become fearful or resentful to each other psychological and because we follow that stereotype that society has put on us and that is not a necessity it's not a necessary thing everybody is black and unique in their own way as well especially black men black men have to get to a point where they have to understand that saying my brother means something again because back then saying my brother meant more than just saying yo what up bro Mm -hmm. what up bro what's good like you can just say that and then you still for lack of a better word knocking nigga nights out (laughs) so you can be called a bro and get snuck just because he don't know you like that but we don't have to get to that point why do we are at that point back then you was when you were called bro or brother it meant something and we need to get back to that we can't keep prejudicing and stereotyping ourselves because at the same day if i look at this man in the mirror he said he's fighting the same struggle that i'm fighting we are trying to run the same race why am i trying to trip him up why is he trying to trip me up i have an answer for the reason why if there's a lot of what, what you call it black racism blacks hating blacks yeah it's it's self-hatred and one thing that we have to understand we're just going to have to realize the fact that there is a certain part of us because of the conditioning of the outside world the tv that we watch that makes black people look inferior to any other race uh the inside jokes that we tell to psychologically get caught in our minds and we can't get out of them we have to admit to each other that we feel that black people are inferior even though we feel that we're okay 
you have to meet it at where it is. I'll give you a prime example. So, a lot of times, <laughs> this is gonna be bogus. It just happened. So, let's say if you own a home and there is a black carpentry company that comes to your house. I want you to first be aware and admit to yourself that sometimes as black people, you have had hesitation with other black people because you may feel that what they are selling or their services is either not up to par or they're not going to do as good of a job. Mm -hmm. But I got news for you, black people. You know how they say, treat a man like a savage, he acts like a savage, then you can treat him like a savage. One of the main reasons why this happened is because the energy that we already give is this person is losing before he even starts. Right. And I'm talking about as black people. You can have another white carpentry business come in. You'll give him the business. It'll be at a higher price. And he'll do shoddy ass work. Right. And trust me, I just had this happen with some white contractors. Nobody, they're not better. But we have to as black people get in our mind that it is okay to deal with other black people yes give yourself permit permission first of all admit to yourself that you have had biases about shopping black going to a black owned place getting black owned business black owned labor admit that to yourself that's actually a good documentary about killer mike is on netflix right now oh yeah trigger warning for everybody warning. Has, please go watch that. go watch trigger warning on netflix yeah. that is one of the most innovative shows that killer mike has ever I, Crip Cola, yeah. Blood Pop. Because he actually decided to survive three days off black-owned businesses. Right. And he almost didn't make it. He almost didn't make it. That's terrible. But I hit it on this little subject earlier during that conversation about being less racist. Um, There's another topic called being less combative towards our fellow man. Mm. When I talk about how we are so hyper-aggressive towards our fellow man to the point where we're almost ready to, you know, Fight. Why do you think we're so hyper-aggressive? Because it's, it's, not only is the stereotype that's being upheld, but it's also the lack of trust, the lack of respect. We are almost entitlement, in a way, of being, like, we believe that we're higher up. It's like, almost like a, for, unfortunately, this phrase is a little bit more of a toxic masculinity thing. In a way, because where our masculinity comes from is, is that we're always trying to outdo our competition. So instead of being respectful to our competition being equal, we got to be overly aggressively dominant over our competition. Even if that means we have to almost be in a bullying tactic. I got another way to look at it. What's that? So I'm going to give y'all a, a little metaphor kind of. Mm -hmm. You ever seen somebody or you might have been in a situation where... There has been, let's say, two men, right? And one dude is big, strong. This nigga 6'4", 250 pounds, strong. He can box. And this one dude was about to go and fight him, but he was like, oh, no, nah, I can't fight this dude. He, he too big. I can't do it. But then it was another dude that was 5'6", 150 pounds. And he started to sniggle and giggle at that dude about to fight this big dude. And the dude turn around and say, well, I can't fight him, but I'll beat your ass. <laughs> this is always that one. So what I'm trying to say is, I believe a lot of times that it's so much black, and I don't believe in black and black violence. Violence is in proximity. You kill what you're close to, okay? That's, that's right. what that is. But a lot of times that we turn to self-hatred on other black men is because we feel that this white supremic society, we can't beat them. Right. We can't beat you. But this other black dude, I bet I can beat him up. And what I mean by beat him up, I mean I can do negative upon him. I can let my energy, my masculine energy flow out on him. Because right. I know I can't defeat white superiority, but I know I can do something with this black dude right here. Yeah. So a lot of times, you have to be real with yourself, black man. Yes. A lot of the reasons why you can't do it is because you feel like you're inferior to the white supremacist society. That's why you turn your hatred on your other black man. Because yes. you feel like you can't beat this one, but you can beat, beat his ass. Yeah. It's like a consolation prize almost for your ego. And if you feel that way, you got the game all, all twisted up, bro. Yes. And that's the exact way they want it. So black men, you need to understand 
that that is not your enemy. Just because you feel that you can't beat that white supremacist society by yourself, and you're correct. Mm-hmm. You can't beat it by yourself. But if you get with that fellow man that you're beefing with, yeah, and y'all have like-minded energy, now y'all getting somewhere. Yes. So stop looking at your black men, your fellow black men, as somebody that you got to compete against. Like my bro said, yeah. look at them as somebody that you can team up with. And when I say defeat, I'm not talking about with hands. But if it right. come to that, it come to that. I'm talking about with the head, black-owned businesses, real estate, like me and my bro and my partner and another partner got. Defeat them with economics. Right. Create your own culture because you know what I'm saying. Your allies, the best best person is your allies, the person that looks just like you. And an f- enemy of my enemy is a friend of no mine. Mind. And y'all all going up against the same thing. Which brings us to an interesting thing. Another topic. Being more aware and well informed. This is also a section. It's called knowledge. You have to be knowledgeable of the system of your surroundings and what's going on around you. You have to be knowledgeable of the system, how to circumvent certain things, how to adapt your strategy to the system that's ahead of you, how to beat the system even at times. You have to be able to understand what ways you can do to provide wealth and sustainable wealth to your family, not only to yourself. Black men. As being ahead of your own household, this falls on major part on you. Mm-hmm. Major, major part on you. Because you have to be able to lay the groundwork down. You're almost like you're the worker bee. You have to be able to get your hands dirty on this one. You're the knowledge bringer. You're the knowledge bringer. You're the one that has to be the head. You have to be the one that says, this is the plan. This is going to work, and I'm going to see it through. And you can't do it, my bad, bro, but you can't do it from an arrogant role. If you don't know what the hell to do, then you have to admit to yourself and to your family, because your girl already know you don't know what to do. Right. But you got to admit that and go find out what to do, because you are the true knowledge bringer. But there's also the things called, what we also discussed earlier, called command and demand. Right. Commanding is not even saying what it is that you expected, but you give the aura and presence of knowing what you want. Right. Demand is simply just saying what you want and expecting it to happen. Mm-hmm. Because I demand this to happen. That's why it's not usually half the time, even in relationships with black women, it doesn't really work out because you're demanding something. Commanding a presence is what really will set you apart. I want to give some tangible information, okay? And it, this is going to be a bomb. I'm going to give y'all a bomb right here okay. for the black men. Black men out there, I'm going to give you some tangible information that can save you a lot of freaking money, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, what is one thing you keep hearing politically about black people? If we're going to vote for somebody, they got to be talking about one or two things. Reparations, right? Oh, because black black people want reparations, right? Yes. Let me just tell you one small thing, my black man that's trying to lead a household. You want to know something about reparation? Guess what? Obama already gave you reparation. Okay. Tell, please, pray tell what you mean by that. Did, I'm gonna say that one more time. Mm-hmm. Obama has already given black people reparations. And you're probably wondering how is that even possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The reason why he gave it to you, a lot of times you can't just give something overtly in this white supremacist society to black people because then you will be shunned and your family could be at risk. But the way that Obama did it was, it's this thing called the rights of indigenous people signed by the United Nations. And in this, it says that all people have the right to claim their nationality, okay? So, I'm just gonna touch on this real quick, then I'm gonna jump off of it. The reason he gave you your reparation is because he gave you the blueprint in order to claim your true nationality because black is a status, it's not a nationality. Exactly. African-American is a status, Mm -hmm. not a nationality. He gave you the blueprint so you can go claim it so you won't have to pay taxes anymore. Uh. And this is legally. This is not nothing that's made up. If you don't believe what I'm saying, go research for yourself. 
If you want to know where to research, research the Declaration of Rights for Indigenous People. Research what your true nationality is as black people, because black is a status. And when you find all that information, you're going to find out that your true nationality that Obama signed for you to use, my black men, trickle down to my black family, is go and claim your nationality so you won't have to pay taxes because that is the treaty that the United but States. But where has do you start to look for your ancestry? Where do you start beginning for your nationality? It's quite simple. It, it, it's really simple. Um, I'm gonna say this, and I don't really want to go too far into it. Yeah, don't go too far, but just a little. But bit um, one thing you can do is go back four generations on your mother's side. Uh, wherever your great great grandmother was. That is the region of the country that your tribe belongs to. Tribe meaning Native American or indigenous or Aboriginal American tribe. There's a treaty that was uh, signed in 1866 and a treaty of peace and friendship that said that Native American or Aboriginal Americans, once they sign this treaty, are not obligated to United States citizen laws. And this is your true origins. Aboriginal Americans and what we call MERS, M-U-U-R, and you refer to it as Moors. That is your true nationality as African Americans. That treaty allows you to not pay taxes because you were not intended to pay taxes in the first place as black people. Right. So look up where you come from. Look up the Treaty of Peace and Friendship. Look up if uh, Aboriginal Americans slash MERS pay taxes then you do the process in order to get on there I don't pay taxes and the government can't do anything because I know who I am and this is the information that is black men you need to give to your family so you can say that is a form of reparation but you gotta have the knowledge to understand it but black men that's what we're talking about Knowledge and what comes to reparations means comes also to our next point: general wealth, general wealth, generation, uh, generational wealth. We should have worded that better. Generational <laughs> wealth. You wrote it, don't be. I, I wrote it down. <laughs> Apparently, I made that mistake. I apologize. All right, general. <laughs> I'm sorry, Peter. Generational. Generational. Wealth. Generational wealth, thank you. Generational wealth, okay? Yes, we have our own little mental buttons every now and then. Generational wealth, what that means is when reparations is that once you're able to establish that wealth for yourself, you can pass that on to the next generation, to your children, and they can pass it on to their children. That knowledge, that ideology, they can pass that on to their children. They can learn to generate more wealth out of this, and suddenly, well, how about that? As a black family, you're very well endowed. And I believe that's one of the reasons why I don't think black women have like directly expressed this, but I believe that a lot of times they just don't feel safe dealing with finances because a part of living is having financial security. Mm -hmm. So as men, as black men, it is our responsibility to learn how to have generational wealth and not just use it as a talking point. You need to understand what are wealth building instruments. Yes. Something like, let's say, uh, shout out to Steven's mother that just came on, Latanya Watson. Hi, mama. (laughs) You need to understand things. You need to research what a trust is. You need to research what a... Uh, annuity is. You need to know what an eyelid is. You need to understand how insurance works. You need to understand how to actually purchase property. Yes. These are things where you don't have to go out and make five, fifteen, sixteen, twenty thousand dollars a month in order to live good. A lot of the things that we learned as far as economics, they were taught to us so we will continue to be the buyers instead of the sellers. What I'm talking about is seller's knowledge. I'm not talking about buyer's knowledge. I'm talking about seller's mark, uh, knowledge. And as a black man, it's your responsibility to be able to do this. I'll give you one example. All black men that got families right now, go and buy some damn life insurance, okay? Right, please do. Go and buy the life insurance. Put it in what you call a I-L-I-T trust. I-L-I-T trust. 
That means that when you die, there is no probate. The money is transferred to your beneficiaries. That's your kids and your wife. Yes. So they don't have to worry about if dad check out, are we going to be homeless? And no, we're not talking about the basic life insurance that you get from employment. No. Nah. Because that really doesn't really do much for you anyway. We're talking about actual life insurance that you have to go get yourself. That's very key to understanding that. Yes, yes, yes. You got anything further for that part? No, it's just that you need to understand that you need to set this up. This is, Dame, Dame, Dame Dad said this better. You don't do all this stuff for your first name. You do it for your last name, exactly. okay? You do it for your legacy. I, myself, I'm all about legacy. That's the one thing that I, I that's what makes me breathe, my legacy. What yeah. can I pass down? What can I create for my, my child, my future wife, my family? That's all I think about when I go to sleep. And it's one thing to think about it and have the enthusiasm to do it, but it's another thing to have the tangible, applicable plans and the knowledge to do it. Okay, right. I'm gonna give y'all some good information on Facebook right now. It's a dude named Azim Israel, and he gives out a lot of good economical information for black people. And this is not about uh, savings accounts, this is the real deal stuff. Right, I'm gonna say it one more time Azim Israel. I want y'all to tell them Dante Chase Bridges sent you, and I want <laughs> you to look him up, friend request him, and I want you to follow his information because he's breaking down how to put money in trust where you don't need to use that social security, how to put money away for your family, how to start an eyelid trust, how to start a revocable, irrevocable trust. Right. Which... Tangibles. Tangibles. So, a point we got to bring up is worry about more than just your own struggle. This is the biggest form of taking accountability for black men. Yes. Because... We tend to always think about ourselves and our own problems. Well, these women don't know how we got it out here because it's so hard, man. I can't get a job. You can't think that way because guess what? You're not the only person that's having that type of struggle or having that problem. And your struggle could also partake with the other person involved in your life, the man or the woman in your life. So you have to understand that as a black man, your struggle will reflect what the household struggle is. It's the most unfortunate thing that's happened, but it's what it has to be. It is what it is. As much as they say that, you know, women set the temple of the house, which is kind of true, a man's energy literally sets the, the temple of the house. And if that temple is not set, the house is in disarray almost always. So you have to understand as a black man, there's a major burden put on you, but there's a burden that you are strong enough and well endowed to take care of. So when you have to understand that more than just you are going to be struggling. So when you get that mindset that you are not the only one that's going to struggle if you don't succeed, then you will work a little bit harder to succeed, won't you? You will work a little bit harder to strive for that level of greatness that you are trying to shoot for. Because you want to bring people up with you. You want to bring your family up with you. You want to bring your friends up with you. You want to bring your brothers up with you. Your sisters up with you. You as a black man need to understand that you have to fight for more than just yourself. There's a whole group of people behind you that has to do so. And if there's some things out there that you just don't know how to do, be... Be upfront with not only yourself, but with that woman that you get into a relationship with. And this is something that I believe a lot of us is has done. I know I've done it. I know that in certain relationships, I I promised more than I knew that I I could do. And it's not that I didn't have the the want or the enthusiasm to do it. It was literally I did not know how to do it. So the one thing you have to do as black men, we understand, and I think our black women on a, on a real level understand a lot of us wasn't born with our fathers or didn't have our fathers in our lives. And so a lot of the man cues that we should know innately, a lot of us don't have, okay? Mm -hmm. You have to be okay with that, but you can't just sit on that. That's just the stepping point. That's the start of it all. Because... 
The first thing you need to do is admit to yourself that there's a problem. And the problem is you might not know how to raise a family. Right. Okay? So, black men, if you don't know how to raise a family, I'm going to tell you a couple of things you can do. Go to your barber shops. If you don't have uh, family members around you, this is where belonging to certain black organizations come in hand. Mm-hmm. And it's not only just fraternities, but uh, it could be Masonic fraternities. It could be civic fraternities. It could be social clubs. Uh, it was We had a social club a long time ago, about 10 years ago, named Perfection. Yeah. You know, full of black men and black women that, you know, were in some of the same situations that you can fellowship with and understand. But the one thing you have to do is be strong enough to admit to you and your family member that you don't know so you can start to build. Because you don't know, but when you do learn, you know. <laughs> and here's the thing, though. When you surround yourself with people like that, they probably don't know, too. But wouldn't it be better to learn with people than right. to learn by yourself? Because there's always going to be somebody that's be quicker enough to point something out that you may have missed. Exactly. That's why learning like a community builds like a community. Mm-hmm. So you have to be able to understand that that's why we don't have a lot of it. And I'm glad you brought social club ideas because I think we need a little bit more of those too. We need right. more social clubs. So that way we can be understanding of each other. A group of people that have enough faith and trust in each other to keep pushing each other to the next level. But see right there, you know something. That's what this thing that we do, the brothers, new narrative, that's what we all about. Because a lot of the stuff that we bring to you is because this is information that we know and we want to pass it to our community, meaning the black people, the black men, because there's some that we know that you don't and some that I don't know that you do. And that's why we always preface almost every show we say by saying you might disagree. You might agree. But the one thing we're going to do is learn, learn from each other. Because if we don't learn, we won't grow. If we don't grow, we won't prosper. And you know what happens a lot? A lot of people don't want to admit that, that they don't know. And a lot of people want to hoard information to themselves. Yes. Listen, you can't do that. This is not the situation in order. And when I mean situation, look at where we're living. Look at the era that we're in. Mm-hmm. Look how they're treating black men. Look how they're treating black women. This is not the era to hoard your information so that you and your people can only be good. If you got some good information, you need to pass that shit forward. Yes. Okay? Because if, okay, you cool, but if I'm not cool and I ain't got no money and you surrounded by people who ain't got no money, but you cool, what you think gonna happen to you just out of human instinct to survive? Right. So you got to take into consideration the fact that you need to pass everything you know to the next person so they can put themselves in a situation. I think Jay-Z said it best. He said, uh, if your click click is cool, then your click is rugged. No one will fall because everybody will be each other's crutches. Right. That's the type of understanding that you got to have about when you're dealing with this economic game for black men. So you can provide for your black family. So really in closing about this whole discussion is that as black men, we always hear the terminology, you got to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. And sometimes the system can be hard enough for you to do so. But that doesn't mean it's impossible. You just got to know how to be smart enough how to do so. Sometimes the system won't give you that handout. Sometimes you got to circumvent that system. You're going to have to go around it a little bit. You might have to figure out a better way to utilize the system to your benefit. Yeah, you definitely going to have to stay. If you're trying to stay in honor with yourself, you might have to go around that shit. You have to go around it. You can't be dishonor yourself, okay? Because that's probably what they expect you to do anyway. And how your woman going to look at you when you got a master that you go to for every nine to five every yeah. day? Well, you're not building something for your own. You're giving to another person's family. Because there, you know, it, one person in the household can do do it, not two, to be honest with you. So, you have anything else to add, Mr. Bridges? Yeah, I just want to touch on one quick subject, uh, okay. and it, this is a blanket statement. I just want to address something that affects the black community, black men, black women. A lot of times we get into these movements that we feel that are empowering, and I'm just going to name a couple. Um, MGTOW, Men Going Their Own way. way, is a movement where... 
black men and men in general, but we're speaking of black men, feel that uh, they have been treated wrong by the system and by women. Mm -hmm. So they decided to not engage in romantic or marriage activities with a woman and just go their own way and do their own thing. That's one. Feministic womanism movements Mm -hmm. that encourage uh, the woman to, well, let's say it like this. It encourages a woman to go after her goals, go after her dreams, understand that she's strong, she can be independent, understand that she comes first, go for equality, and go past equality so she can achieve her dreams. Right. The one thing that these two things have in common as black men and black women on both sides is divisiveness. Yeah. It causes a much greater divide than you think it does. Right. So one thing I have to tell everybody, listen, as much as you may love this movement, and I love being a black man, but that does not mean that I'm going to go to some called MGTOW that says that I have to leave my black woman alone in order for me to be empowered. Anything that's divisive to the black family, separating the black family, is not empowering you. One finger don't empower you. A fist with many fingers empower you. So whether it's MGTOW, whether it's feminism, whether it's womanism, if it's a movement that promotes one person being ahead or one person going their own way, it's not for the black family. Because we want black women to succeed just like we want black men to succeed. But we don't want to cause division in the one thing that this system has been breaking us up from the very fucking beginning. So please, people. Because all these political movements are doing nothing but causing a greater divide. It really doesn't judge anything. In fact, politics is the great divide in our community. It's not gaining anything. None of them really, if you think about it, none of the politicians that you see out there are in for the black community's better benefit. They're not really there. If it ain't about black family, if it ain't about the whole, no, the whole, the whole, not just the black woman, not just the black men, mm. not even just about the black children, but the whole. You can't just have an engine and a transmission and the car run. You need an actual gas tank. You need wheels. Yes. You need a steering wheel. You need the whole, whole thing. thing. So, to everybody that's maybe feminist, womanist, midtown, misogynist, chauvinistic. Just live by this principle as black people. If it ain't about family, it ain't about nothing. Right. All right? And I just want to let everybody know that, okay? And I just want to let everybody know that that will conclude our time. Once again, we thank everyone that has tuned in to another special episode of the Brothers Podcast. Uh, Once again, we just apologize for a little bit of the changing of the time because, you know, Mother Nature was not happy with us this week. Right, right, right. And with that being said, got one more thing else to say. Go ahead. We have a relationship roundtable next week. It's coming soon. Coming soon. Coming soon next week. Don't worry about it. What the? Yeah. You should let me. You should let me handle that. It's coming soon next week. With me, Tosh. We got some things to talk about. Right. Let's let's work on that. So in the meantime. Steven City P. Watson. Dante Chase Bridges. We are the brothers, and we will see you next week. Out of here. Peace. Peace.